Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season one, episode 1.05. Today we're talking about the spectrum lens. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the facilitator for Rekindling Ministries. And my name is Zachary Rios, and I am a youth ministry major and pastoral leadership minor at Liberty University. Okay, great. Let's begin, Zach, with a quick recap of the last episode uh, and give us just a, a summary of the Be Do Have lens. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, the Be Do Have lens, like you just said, and what we were really talking about was how a lot of times we as Americans and just in this culture tend to be really um, task-driven. Mm-hmm. And so we're really focused on the things that we do and the things that we have and less focus on just the character qualities that we had. And so this lens was just noticing that and then really helping us to reevaluate that. So with the B aspect, that's what we really want to be focusing on. And that's just the character development, the internal emotions and different things like Mm -hmm. that. And we just want to be really aware of how those things are working. And so then as we do things, um, which are the accomplishments that we have, tasks, different things like that, then those will be affected by the things that we are being. Um, and then those both just lend themselves to the different possessions we would have and different things like that. So, uh, that's and just one, and one thing I'll say on that. Yeah. We talk about our society is very have do be. Mm-hmm. So our society says, once I have more time or more money, then I'll go do what I want. And that'll make me happy where the scriptures would teach you want to go in the other order. You want to do be, do have. So first you want to develop your character from the inside out yeah. and really kind of uh, grow and transform and mature. Then you're ready to go do uh, whatever it is that God has in store for you. And then once you commit to doing that, do then it'll give you the resources that you need to have. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you want to hear more about that you can go back to episode 1.04 And then if you want to learn more about Rekindling Ministries and just the goals and hopes that we have as a ministry, you can check out episode 1.00. And we also have talked about lenses like the Seven Sage Journey, Sweet and Sour, Eternal, Internal, External. And those are in episodes 1.01 to 1.03. Perfect. Very cool. Okay, so... Let's dive into today's lens, which is spectrum. And I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I'll make sure I'm not coughing into the mic. Uh, and we I'll all would appreciate that. Yeah, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll push on through this. So with the spectrum, this is, along with Seven Stage Journey, at least for me personally, one of the foundational lenses. Mm-hmm. So I see everything in spectrum now, and so much of the decisions that I make and actions that I take is based on spectrum. And so with that, this is probably going to be a slightly longer episode just because there's so much to say with this. This can be a a controversial one as well because it's going to stretch people, uh, especially Mm -hmm. if you're more – well, so let me just explain the concept. We have a tendency to be uh, black and white creatures when the reality of life is on on a spectrum or a continuum. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at the reality of life – that's a spectrum or continuum, but you're viewing it as all, all or nothing, either or, black or white, you're not going to see it clearly. Yeah. And it's, it's easier for us, maybe we'll get into the psychology of this later on today, uh, it's easier for us to handle things. It's either this or this. Um, when we start making things complex or complicated, it's, it's, it's a lot more work to deal with. Hmm. The thing is, that's the reality of it all. 
And so what I have found is a lot of arguments, whether it's theological, political, or whatever, um, it's because people are, are seeing black and white. You're either this or this, and people don't always fit into those. They're somewhere, somewhere else, and so we just start to categorize people in a way that they're not really, and so it makes it confusing. It's true. So, so what Spectrum does is, and we're going to go through one or two examples today, and it'll make a lot more sense once we go through the examples, um, but Spectrum allows you to take a step back and look at the bird's eye view uh, of some situation, some topic, some issue, and really look at all the possibilities that lie along that spectrum. Um, and and then and you, first you just recognize all the possibilities. Then you can step in and evaluate which what parameter. Is there only one right answer? Is it these five that are right? You mm-hmm. know, according to who is it right? How am I supposed to deal with that? Uh, spectrum helps play all that out. So I feel like Spectrum is one of those, and we'll get to this at the end when we get into the sweet and sours. There's a lot of there's a lot of sours to Spectrum, but there's also a lot of sweets. It'll really really stretch you um, to hold to this, but it also will free you. Interestingly enough, yeah. um, so so that that's the concept. Let me go ahead and give uh, a sp- specific example, and we'll go through the steps of how this would work. Okay, and we'll just teach it like right there, like instead of just like giving all the all the the steps and then going to an example, we'll just go right to an example. Okay. Okay. So the example that I always go with because it's it's a fun one and it's easy to, <laughs> to to see on spectrum is the drinking of alcohol, right? So you're if you, so if you're taking notes listening to this and, and you like your step by step bullet point process which I do. Step one is you identify the topic or the issue that you want to address on the spectrum, and it's very important that you try to get as specific as possible, um, and, and as simple as possible. Yeah. Because when you have a complicated issue it's really hard to use the spectrum lens. So it's better to break that complicated issue up into individual threads or individual like sub points. And then you do a spectrum thread for each one of those. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we're going to um, talk about that when we get into submission to authority with alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so um, the specific topic, step one is we're going to do the drinking of alcohol. That's the topic. So then step two is we want to set up the, the extreme parameters. So if you're having, if you're taking notes and you're drawing, you can draw a horizontal line and you want to label the two endpoints as zero and 100, zero on the left and 100 on the right. So these are going to represent the most extreme opinions one can have on that topic. It doesn't matter how realistic or practical it is. We really, with Spectrum, we really want to get to the absolute potential extremes that someone might argue, and then we can make our way in. Then we can adjust it and, and deal with practicality later. Sure. So, so step two is identify what would somebody at a zero say, what would somebody at 100 say. Another thing to keep in mind is what, what we're doing is to the left, like so toward the zero is the more liberal approach, mm-hmm. and to the right, to the, to the 100 is the more conservative approach. And I am not talking politics here. Yep. I'm talking about just the words themselves and what they mean. So liberal means to liberate or free right to open up it's mm-hmm. unrestricted um the, the the world is your oyster kind of thing so there's, yeah. there's no restrictions whatsoever conservative comes from the verb to conserve and to conserve obviously is to save and so let's say you, you'll say it's a you're in the desert and you're conserving water you're limiting or restricting the consumption you can have in any given day because you've only got so many resources. And so to, to liberate or to conserve themselves are neither bad nor good, right? Totally depends on the topic. Mm-hmm. But for spectrum, we just want to keep that in mind that the zero is going to represent the most unrestricted approach to this topic, where the 100 is going to represent the tightest approach to this topic. Okay? okay. Make sense? Yep. So... A zero, so with the issue, drinking of alcohol. 
a zero would argue you should be drunk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you should not sleep. You should not eat. You should not talk. Literally, the only thing you can be doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is pouring that alcohol down your throat, being just utterly annihilated. Right? And, and, and so zero would even say, don't ever pass out. Keep slapping yourself if you need to. Um, that you know, that'd be the twenty four seven. And again, nobody will ever argue a zero. That's not the point. It's just we want to understand that is the most extreme version somebody could take. Yeah. Where one hundred would say, you know, if you even think of the word B, B E, that's the first two letters of the word beer. So if you even think of the word B, you're doomed to the lowest levels of hell forever. Okay, that would be the far most conservative. <laughs> Again, no one's ever going to argue a 100. Yeah, but that sets it up. So step one, you pick your topic. Step two, you pick your zero 100. Now, given those, step three is you can start to parse out um, all the different options that one might have within that spectrum of those two extremes. And and you won't necessarily do all of them. You might do five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, depending on on the topic. Mm-hmm. So with with this one, we would say. Uh, a step so so step three you're not parsed out so if a zero is drunk twenty four seven somebody around a ten or eleven and the numbers themselves don't really matter we're just using them so we can have a communication just a guideline yeah yeah just a guideline so someone at around ten or eleven would say well okay listen you can't be drunk twenty four seven your body has to sleep your body has to eat etc having said that love getting drunk so I think that you should get drunk as frequently as you can. Right. Okay. Where somebody around a 20, 23, somewhere in there, they may say, oh, no, listen, I really don't think you should be getting drunk as much as you can because you do need to work. You know, you need to provide for family or loved ones or give back to your community, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. There is some responsibility here. Now, I don't see anything wrong with drunkenness. And so I would say on the weekends when you're not working and you want to knock back a few and tie one on, um, go for it. Right. Sure. Where somebody in the 30s might say, I don't know if it's necessarily something you want to do every weekend, you know, as a regular habit. Again, I don't, I'm with everybody else. I don't see anything wrong with drunkenness. So, but I would say is, you know, um, the occasional birthday party, New Year's Eve, St. Patty's Day, um, go ahead and, 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 um, and, and get wasted. But it would just be something once in a while. Yeah. Right? Where somebody, say, in the low 40s might say, um, I personally would say like once a year on my birthday or on New Year's Eve, I'll get drunk. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you start moving into 45, 46, 47 range. Now there's this kind of this line that gets passed. Like, well, I think drunkenness itself is wrong. So I'm never going to get drunk, not even once a year, once in my lifetime, like that. Yeah. Well, my goal would be that when I drink, I drink moderately. Now I go ahead and have a beer every meal or have a glass of wine with every meal. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to cross that line. Okay, um, so that, that would be in the 50s. So then you would move into the 60s uh, or even the 70s. Well, it's like the 50s, maybe the 60s might say, I'm not going to drink every meal, um, but you know, once a week my wife and I go out for a nice dinner and we have a glass of wine, great. You know, um, Or we'll, we have champagne always on New Year's Eve and then we always go grab a pint of Guinness for lunch you know, on St. Patty's Day, whatever. It's sure. just a once in a while thing that I go grab a drink. And then somebody in the 70s would say, I choose not to drink. So I don't think drunkenness, I I think drunkenness is off limits. I don't think drinking is off limits. I don't think drinking itself is a sin. I just choose not to drink myself. 
Then when you move into the 80s, now that person would say, um, not, no, I think drinking itself is a sin. I think not only drunkenness, but even drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have even one glass, it's a sin. Then when you move into the 90s, you get kind of more of that teetotaler where not only is drinking a sin, it's one of the worst of the sins. Right? Yeah. And then that leads you up to that 100 that we talked about. Okay, so so that's that's step three is laying out and 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 keep in mind it's really hard not not to do this. You don't want to evaluate. I should have said this first. You don't want to evaluate these possibilities as you come up with them. You want to try to stay neutral and just just think kind of neutrally. What are all the different possibilities someone might say before we get into the evaluation process? But now you have them all laid out. Yeah, and as you actually go through and go through that process of figuring out where the lines are what sort of things it really just it allows for the complexity that are just associated with a lot of the different issues that a lot of times we tend to ignore we tend to just as people want to either grab onto this or that we Mm -hmm. don't really we don't really want anything besides this or that we just we have our two options and we're just gonna pick one um but this really just allows for that and i think it helps you see when you think this and someone else thinks that it lets you see that okay well i'm at a let's say 80 you're at a 77 mm-hmm. where we might think something different but we're pretty close and we're still in the same direction in the grand scheme of things and so it just allows for that and lets you be more understanding i think of people around you mm-hmm. So this is why it's going to be stretching for some that are listening right now, freeing for others, you know, et cetera. Um, we get into step four now. So, so you've, you've picked your, your topic, you've labeled the zero and the 100, the extreme versions, and you label all the possibilities. So step four now is to evaluate um, what is the best. Is there just one right answer or more likely is there a range of answers? Mm-hmm. And what is that correct range? Now, we are going to use the scriptures um, to set our range. What do the scriptures say are the left and right parameters? As long as you live within these two parameters, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a quick side note on this because we haven't talked a whole lot about the scriptures. We, we keep referencing it. You know, obviously we're uh, Jesus followers. Um, yeah. But I wanted to take a moment just to talk about why we're using the scriptures as our parameters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to use just my own personal opinion. I want to use something that has a higher authority than me. And I really do believe that the Bible has a higher authority. So in another season, we're going to spend multiple episodes on walking through why we can trust Scripture. When I had, you know, I grew up in the church and then had walked away for most of my 20s and was just a bartender and uh, kind of having a good old time. Mm -hmm. And then I came back around 30, I just realized that I needed God in my life and and I wasn't going to be, I couldn't be the boss of my life. I wasn't talented as much as I thought I was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I started reading the Scriptures again and I'd always just, as a kid, just kind of blindly accepted that the Scriptures were the Word of God and what it says is, is true. And I didn't necessarily question it at 30, but I was like, I wonder if there's evidence for that. And again, without going all the details here, I spent a couple of years reading apologetics and, and, I, and I read like pros and cons. Right? I wanted to read those that were for the Bible and those that were against the Bible, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to spend in another season a lot of time on that and, and why we can trust in that. Yeah. All I want to say just right now is I've concluded through years of just this research and wrestling through all this that, that there's three terms that I use to describe the Bible or, or the, the scriptures as uh, authoritative, infallible, and transformative. And what I mean by those three, as far as the uh, infallible and authoritative, I don't believe that God, the, the phrase that I use is God authored the Bible, men penned it. 
Um, and so we're not going to get all the inspiration stuff right now. But I do believe that this collection of books that make up the Bible now, yeah. I do believe that, that, that God had his hand in that process, that God oversaw the whole thing and he made it all happen. Um, and he didn't allow anything to get in that he didn't want to get in there. So when I say it's infallible, what I mean is it won't lead you wrong. I believe the Bible has a lot of wisdom, a lot of divine wisdom, uh, a lot of practicality. And if you actually begin to apply, this is a phrase we always use, if you apply the details of the Bible to the details of your lives, mm-hmm. things improve. Um, your situation may not improve, but your character improves your, and your strength improves. So I believe that it's infallible. I believe that it won't lead you wrong. And I believe that it's authoritative. I believe that it has that divine inspiration that it's from God. And then I believe it's transformative. I've, I've seen when I've tried to, and this is what the spectrum is all about, getting into these details. Mm-hmm. I've seen in my life these last 10 years or so, as I've really tried to apply, understand and apply the details of the scripture, it's changed me. You know, yeah. when I was in my 20s, a uh, uh, bit of a jerk, you know, definitely self-centered, uh, impatient, angry, all that. And, and I've still had that impatient streak in me, but I've, I see that changing. And, and I really have to give credit to the application of Scripture, you know, for that. So I just, I just wanted to put that out. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it as far as why, why we want to go ahead. And, you know, we're kind of assuming it for this study. Yeah. Um, but we are, so we're assuming that the Scripture is authoritative and infallible and reliable and transformative. And so, therefore, ergo, we're going to hold its parameters. Yeah, and I think that that makes a lot of sense from the perspective that we're coming from and where we think a lot of our listeners are going to be coming from as well. But we both also do think that there's a lot of things that even an unbeliever, if you don't hold to the same view of the Bible as we mm-hmm. do, there's a lot of different things that we think that you can get from this as well. Um, like we were saying earlier, just allows you to, because now we're going to get into just how how do you really start applying the Bible to the things, mm-hmm. the different items that you're looking at in Spectrum. And so if nothing else, if what you get from this is, well, I disagree with their view on the Bible, but it kind of makes sense to allow for the complexity of issues. Right. And maybe they're onto something with it's not quite this or that, but there seems to be some sort of range that you can play around with. I mean, honestly, I think that it'll just lead to better discussions with people instead of arguments because mm-hmm. you don't have to be just tussling at each other. Right. And it just will allow for a lot more profitable discussion when you are disagreeing with people. Yeah. So if you're if you're not a Jesus freak or you're afraid that we're Bible thumpers, please, please keep listening to the series because you may there may still be some lenses that you think like like you just said, oh, I really like this. And so I want to go ahead and keep using that lens. And, you know, and maybe seeds are planted. Uh, right. Who, who knows with that one? Yeah. Uh, another one more thing I'll say on this, too. Um, this was very transformative for me. And th- this is a whole rabbit trail that we won't go into detail on because we'll, we'll be discussing this in other episodes and yeah. other seasons. But. I think I'd kind of grown up thinking that God sets these parameters because because he's God, he says so, and that's it, and you just have to believe it. Yep. And now the way I understand it, because I believe that God is love, and love wants people to experience beneficial things. The way that, the way that I see it now is any um, parameter that God sets up, it's for humanity's benefit, and I really do believe that. And so any command that he gives us to go do this or go be this way, mm-hmm. it must be because that command, if I do it, either either benefits me or another in some way. And yeah. That's why God commands it, because it, it benefits somebody. Makes sense. Where any prohibition that he gives, so you're not supposed to be outside these parameters. Again, mm-hmm. I, I keep using my hands. But, <laughs> uh, outside of these parameters, the, the reason is it must be detrimental to my well-being or another's well-being. And so that really helped me better appreciate why the Scriptures teach what it teaches. Yeah, and I think that that view of things, 
Um, because I've also had more recently a similar um view change on just the different rules and guidelines in scripture Mm -hmm. just the idea that it's not about some guy in the sky ruining your fun right right it's not just this list of rules that you have to follow um because otherwise you're going to get struck down with lightning like there's just the intimacy with christ and just the ability to have a personal relationship with him Mm -hmm. and then understand that he does want what's best for you and even if you can't see on an individual basis with all the different things why each thing is actually beneficial for you to do what he says, mm-hmm. he's a bit smarter than we are. Yeah. And so just recognizing that. And then with a lot of different things, you can actually see why he says, do this, don't do this. Like what we're going to be talking about in a second with drunkenness. Just the idea that it's an act of the flesh and it falls outside of what God has for us. And it leads to a lot of different things that aren't good, like drunk driving and just behavioral swings. And just it does a lot of things that actually end up being dangerous Mm -hmm. and a detriment to yourself or others. Yeah, and it may not even be detrimental to you in the moment, but could be detrimental to somebody else. Mm -hmm. For example, the uh, the drunk driving. Or like, let's say you're drunk and you're not really harmed. I mean, obviously your body, your liver, <laughs> your liver's harmed a little bit that yeah. night. But, um, but you say something in your drunkenness because your inhibitions are down and it yeah. really hurts somebody. So I think a lot of times you're like, well, as as long as you know, if I don't see it being detrimental to me, that's not detrimental. Well, it could be detrimental to somebody else. And like you just pointed out, we may not always be able to see it. Yeah. Um, or we put on that person, well, they need to deal with it. Sure, I said something mean to them last night when I was drunk, but they need to deal with it. How about not? How about <laughs> just not say that? You just know? avoid that whole scenario. Yeah. So so with that, then uh, let's keep that in mind. Let's go with the, to the step four. So we've identified the topic. You do the extremes. You put the parameters out. So now we can do the evaluation. We're going to do it according to Scripture. So what does the Scripture have to say about the drinking of alcohol? So where would – we're going to have a left parameter and a right parameter. So the left parameter would be this is as far left as you can go. So, for example, would the Bible agree with the point zero that you should be drunk 24-7? No. No. Would the Bible agree that you should be drunk around that 10 to 20 range as frequently as you can? Mm-mm. No. Would the Bible go ahead and allow for uh, – go ahead and get drunk once in a while, like on your birthday or New Year's Eve or whatever? Mm-hmm. No. Why? Um, because it, there's different specific verses that talk about how getting drunk um, is just an act of the flesh, like I was saying. And In Galatians just 5. Like that. Yeah. 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 So Galatians 5 and other passages would show you that drunkenness is off limits. And, not, and, and, and you really nailed it the way you explained it, not just because God says it is. Because he really, I, I don't remember the exact verse, but there's a verse, maybe it's in James, but it talks about because drunkenness will lead to, and it lists some other things, that hmm. other detrimental things. Yeah. And so that because the drunkenness lowers your inhibitions, et cetera. So the Bible would say the left parameter would probably be around 50, you know, or 45, 53, whatever number you end up using. Yeah. But anything to the left of that, i.e., any kind of drunkenness is off limits. It's not something that's beneficial. Um, it can only lead to detrimental things. Mm-hmm. So that would be the left parameter. The right parameter then, now we look at that one. So um, this is where the big debate is among Christians of is drinking itself a sin? So I, you know, I make the argument scripturally that the, the right parameter is probably going to be in the, in the high 70s somewhere, which again, those that are in the 70s say, I personally choose not to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a choice I make, but I don't think drinking itself is a sin. Where if you move to around 80, you're now saying that drinking is a sin. Yeah. So um, some people might put the right parameter at like 98, 
<laughs> you know, or 99. They may not go as far as the 100, but they go all the way up there. Yeah. Scripturally, I would argue you can't do that because you have Jesus drinking wine, making wine uh, at, at the wedding in Cana in John 3. You have Paul uh, telling Timothy to have a glass of wine for his upset stomach. You have even in Judges 9, I think Judges 9.13 talks about wine uh, cheers God and men up. It's really, really interesting verse. So if if wine itself, if the alcohol itself was a sin, then we wouldn't see that, that it cheers God up or that um, Jesus was drinking because Jesus didn't sin. Mm-hmm. So it would seem that the right parameter is probably going to be in the high 70s where you can absolutely choose not to drink. But you can't say drinking is a, is a sin because we see those those examples there of where the God himself is having a glass of wine, right? Yeah. And just something that I think is important to point out is that different people are going to hold the different parts in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's really just what spectrum is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recognizing the different places where the Bible says that, like, where you find your biblical perspective and it fits within these parameters. But it's important to make sure that as you're discussing the parameters, that you're not trying to condemn other people for right. their view right um I, we can i think agree on the parameters that we set um and there might be some discussion and if you want to write to us and let us know what you're thinking that would be a lot of fun for us to go through all that different things um but it's i i really do think that it's important as believers to show each other a little bit of grace and humility with our own decisions respect, yeah. and just be able to say okay you think this well i think this you think that your view is found in scripture. I think that my view is found in scripture. We're both within the parameters. So let's just agree to have a little bit of unity. And it really goes back to, I think the whole Romans 14 idea Mm -hmm. that uh, going against your conscience is a sin. And so if something in your conscience is telling you to not do this thing or that thing, then you need to not be doing this thing or that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But still allowing for, a different person with a different conviction to hold that conviction and for you not to be telling them that that in itself is sin. Right. So the spectrum lens really tries to allow for and address the complexities of things because, and you touched on this, we get into interpretation of scripture. Mm -hmm. So we could sit there and say, look, Jesus drank wine and Jesus didn't sin. Ergo, the drinking of wine is not a sin. Yeah, but then others are gonna come along and say, "Yeah, but that wine was non-alcoholic," and so now there's a debate over whether the wine was alcoholic or not. Um, I'm not gonna go into it now, just for the sake of time. But there's a whole you can go through the wedding in Canaan and and in, in the Book of John. There, um, I'll say this just quickly. It was the MC of the wedding that said, "You know, most people they they bring out the good wine first. Then once everybody's drunk, then they bring out the cheap wine." He goes, you brought the good wine last. So when the MC's talking, when he says good wine, he's talking about potent alcoholic wine. Yeah. Um, and so he says, you brought out the good wine last, meaning he sees this wine as alcoholic. Um, the, the, it had a, a potency to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's difficult to argue that, that the wine didn't have alcohol in it. Um, given the context of who was saying what, et cetera. Sure. But it still comes down to there's interpretation. So there'll be some issues here in Spectrum where the Bible has fairly clear parameters, but that's probably few. <laughs> <laughs> um, because either like the, the parameters themselves are flexible 
or the parameters are kind of clear, but our interpretation of them, we come at different things. Yeah. And so one of the things I understand about Spectrum, Spectrum isn't going to say this is the right answer. Spectrum is going to say this is the probable range of right answers. This is where it can get really um, stretching for people mm-hmm. because it's it's easier to say, well, no, no, this is the right answer, right? So let's actually let's rabbit trail on that for a second. Yeah, and I think that that's another thing that we're going to discuss more at length at a different time, but just the whole idea of unity amidst diversity Mm -hmm. and just the idea that the Bible doesn't call for uniformity. It does call for unity. Correct. And so, and I personally, this is something I'm passionate about, and I think that it's something that as the church in general, we are not very effective at actually (laughs) agreeing with each other while disagreeing right um which yeah there's a lot that could be said about that but so let me give some examples um one of them is with with this whole we're naturally divisive it's our human character to us versus them mm-hmm. right that again that all or nothing black or white thinking so let's say i'm on a, a trip out to california and i've got a layover in uh, arizona like in in um, phoenix and so I'm in. I'm on the layover, and I meet somebody else uh, at the restaurant, grabbing some lunch, and we get to talking. And I'm I'm from um, Pennsylvania, and they say oh, I'm from Pennsylvania too. There's an instant connection, right? Because mm-hmm. here we are in Arizona, and here's somebody else, like just random strangers that I met, that's also from Pennsylvania. There's an instant bond. Yeah. But as we get to talking, and I explain that I'm from Philly, and he's from Pittsburgh. Nope. <laughs> right. <It's> right <laughs> Straight right away. Back to the yeah. <laughs> yep. We had we had because of the sports and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Even culturally, and so and so there's that natural division. We just always want to do that. Um, and so what happens with the, these, this the spectrum and these scriptural parameters, like with the drinking? Let's say let's say we decide that the scriptural parameters are between fifty and and seventy eight. As long as you're between fifty and seventy eight, you're fine. So mm-hmm. if you're in the low fifties, where you go ahead and have have a drink uh, occasionally, just temperately, or you're in the in the high seventies, where you yourself don't drink but recognize that it's not a sin, then both of you are within the parameters. And so there is that bond. Let's say let's say you're in the high seventies and I'm in the low fifties. We have a bond because we're both living within the parameters of Scripture, yeah. but we're also going to have that division because I don't like that you're in the high 70s and you don't like that I'm in the low 50s mm-hmm. because it's too close to outside those parameters. And one of the things, too, is human nature. Those Christians that are in the low 50s with drinking tend to cross the boundary and, and get drunk from time to time. Mm-hmm. They, they have too much. Um, where those in the high 70s don't drink and, and recognize that, sin, that drinking isn't a sin, but then find themselves judging their friends who do go ahead and have a, have a beer um, yep. you know, for dinner or whatever. And so it's really easy to cross those lines. And so Spectrum just helps kind of paint the picture of all this so that we're looking at like, you know, yeah, that is, that's exactly what's going on. Most Christians tend to hang out right at the borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to argue with each other and they yep. tend to cross the borders, right? Uh, and so knowing it's half the battle, so one of the reasons why I love Spectrum so much is it allows us to kind of see this, and now we can better handle the situation. Another issue that comes on, you said this back at the beginning, that it's easier for us when just to give a simple answer. Mm-hmm. There's a phrase called putting a fence around the Torah. And so the Jews, the very observant Jews with the Mosaic Law, um, they were very nervous about breaking the Mosaic Law because God himself had established this through Moses. And so what they started doing was they started af- adding buffer rules to that rule just in case, so because they know humans tend to cross the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So if they cross the boundaries of the buffer rules, at least they're still not crossing the boundary itself. So, for example, um, don't work on the Sabbath. 
they started actually uh, enumerating and elaborating on what that means. And so you could only take, so a highly observant, highly orthodox Jew yeah. might say there's only so many steps that you can take, like actual footsteps, because anything, I don't know what the number is, but anything after that would be work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard that turning a light switch on or off or um, adjusting a thermostat can be, no, can be seen as work on the Sabbath. So you're not supposed to do that. Was that what God intended when he gave that law? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why, through the course of time, they started adding all these extra rules to create that buffer zone. Yeah. So we Christians do the same thing. And so if the Bible would seem really to give that freedom to have a glass of wine or a beer with temperance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're afraid that once you have that one or that second drink, the inhibitions are down, you're not going to do the third, the fourth, the fifth, do a shot, and now you're wasted, right? Yep. Uh, and so it's better and easier just to go ahead and make the rule, don't drink. The Bible doesn't have that rule, but we've added it to make sure that we don't pass the drunkenness. So this would also tie in with the slippery slope idea. Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, here I'm using my hands, but imagine a, a, a mountain slope with at the top, it's flat, and there's a path at the top. And so it's obviously safest to walk on that flat path uh, on the ridge, right? Imagine, imagine a mountain ridge. Yep. And so it's safest to walk there because that way, because it's flat, it's stable, you know, et cetera. If you start to walk down the slope because the gravity's going to pull on you more because you're at a slant, you don't have as, as good a footing, you could easily fall. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that the safety ranger had come along and set up um, uh, a fence of don't um, don't go past this fence because it gets too dangerous. The, the, the soil's too rocky and slippery, yeah. et cetera. But the fence isn't up on the horizontal path part. It's actually like six or seven feet down the slope a bit, meaning that anywhere in that range. So you can so you can walk on the path itself, which is safe and stable. Yep. You can also walk a little bit down the slope. Um, just be very careful when you're down there that you don't fall past that fence. Well, imagine if you're a parent, you've got a three-year-old or four-year-old, you're not going to want to let your, your kid walk on the slope region because it's too dangerous. They could, they could fall past the fence. Yeah. So you make them go ahead and stay on that path, even though technically it's still okay if they walk on that. So that's what happens in Christianity is that there's a lot of life, a lot of magic, a lot of great stuff that happens in that slope region. Mm-hmm. We just have to be very cautious and temperate when we're in that region so that we don't go past the fences. But but a lot of times we're not cautious and we're not timid, so we do we cross. So the church has started to establish these rules of you need to stay on the path itself because it's the safest. When the scriptures would say, hey, you don't have to be on that path. You can be on that slope, you know, within the fence still. Mm-hmm. Don't go past the fence. So that so spectrum now allows for those slopes. Yeah. And just remind you to be cautious and timid. And this sounds a lot like um, Galatians just the book of Galatians, really. Um, yeah, the freedom, yeah. But especially Galatians 4, just there's a lot of different men- mentions in the book of Galatians about legalism and why are you going back to this and adding things to salvation and all this. Mm-hmm. And really, Paul's just making the case that that's not actually the way that this is supposed to work. Um, right. That you're allowed on the periphery a little bit. You just need to be careful and make sure that you're not going to go tumble down the side of the cliff. And so it's just interesting that you use that analogy, and that's just something that I was thinking of while you were saying that. So that leads to the, the step five. So so step one is you identify the topic. Step two is you identify the extremes, the zero and the 100. And then step three is you parse out what all the different possibilities are in the middle there. Yeah. And then step four is you evaluate it. What are the scriptural parameters to this issue? And then step five is now live within those parameters. 
So if you've been able to, to pour through scripture and, and prayerfully meditate on these things and you realize that the drinking of alcohol allows for between 50 and 78, then live between 50 and 78. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, I guess, three different types of people, well, maybe four, that you're going to interact with. They're going to be those that also agree with your number. So if you're at a 53, they're also at a 53. Oh, great, great. We see, you know, we see eye to eye. Yep. Um, you're going to have those that are at the other end of the spectrum, or somewhere in the middle, or you know, other end of the range. Mm-hmm. So they're at a 78, or they're at a 62, you know, or whatever. Um, we have to realize, hey, they're within the parameters still. So I'm at a 53, they're at a 62, or they're at a 74. Um, with that, it doesn't matter. That's their choice. To, that's the lifestyle they want to live, and I want to live my lifestyle. We're, but we're both within scriptural parameters. Therefore, yeah. we're both right. Even though we have two different opinions, one drinks, one doesn't drink, they're both right because they've set up those scriptural parameters. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have those Christians that are living outside the parameters because they've justified it or they don't. maybe they don't know or whatever. Sure. Those you want to encourage to, you can't force them, but you want to encourage them to step back within the boundaries because, like we discussed earlier, there's benefits to living within the boundaries and there's detriments to living outside it. And so so you have, so if someone sees eye to eye, eye, to eye with you, mm-hmm. great. If, if they see, have a different take on it, but they're both of you are within the parameters, great. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're a believer and they're falling outside the parameters, then you want to encourage them to come back and show the good reasons for, for being within. Yeah. And I think the other category with that is unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unbelievers, I think a lot of times we have this perception that unbelievers need to be living within the guidelines of scripture, which sounds like hypothetically, that sounds great. Um, but it's really an un- a pretty unrealistic expectation. Sure. Yeah. Um, because just the Bible, there's a lot of different details of the Bible that we can be applying to the details of our lives. And expecting someone that doesn't have the Holy Spirit to be living by those guidelines mm-hmm. just really isn't rational. We'll go back to the seven-stage journey that, mm-hmm. you know, when you take that fourth step into the boat, into Jesus' boat, you're learning his parameters, right? And the fifth yeah. step is the transforming and maturing and all that. But if somebody's on the beach... Uh, or they're back in the valley. Uh, so those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go back to episode, I think, one um, and explain the seven-stage journey. But yep. if there's if there's somebody on the island, you can't force them to obey the boat rules because they haven't joined the boat. Mm-hmm. So the encouragement is to get them to join the boat, recognize that Jesus is the best king you'll ever have, mm-hmm. and follow him as a king. And then here's these very good beneficial parameters that he set up. Yeah, and that's I, I really think that that's why it's so important to realize that the Bible isn't a list of rules that we need to start checking off. Correct. That it really is the loving parameters set by a God that actually cares about us. Mm-hmm. Because that makes it so when you go back to someone that's in the island and you're telling them about your faith and explaining why you decide to not get drunk, mm-hmm. regardless of where you fall, to not get drunk, um, you can say it's not, well, I used to be able to go get drunk, but now I decided to follow Jesus, which is really cool, and I get to go to heaven, <laughs> but I can't get drunk, which is okay, I guess, because he says not to, but kind of want to. Right. That's pathetic. Like, yeah. <laughs> And it's just that I feel like too often that's the view of Christianity that I've had, that that's the view of Christianity that we're picturing. But when we start realizing that that's not what it's about, it's not behavior modification. Christianity is actually about life transformation. Mm -hmm. Then we can actually get to a point where we say, you know what? At one point in my life, I did used to get drunk. And then I met Christ 
and Christ is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He has taken control of my life and has pointed me in a new direction. And now I've started to realize the dangers of getting drunk. And so I've decided to submit to his rules and not do that. That's a much different picture that you're paint that you're painting to someone that is still getting drunk. Yeah. And it just is a whole lot more inviting than I'm following the rules and I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. And and even like with with my story cuz I, you know, grew up in a in a Christian great Christian family mm-hmm. and then in my 20s just really wanted to do things my way and so I bartended and this was, you know, getting drunk, it was doing ecstasy and smoking marijuana, it was all these things. And uh and I got tired of it. Like I remember like with ecstasy on a Saturday night, I'm on this major high. I mean, you just you feel phenomenal when you're on ecstasy. Yeah. But then on Sunday, major depression. And eventually I was like, this isn't worth it. I just, I don't, I don't, the depression is not worth the high. The depression was worse than the high the night before. And so I just cold turkey stopped uh, the ecstasy. And, and I remember someone had sent me an article about it can damage your brain. And that kind of scared me. It was a combination of those things. Um, and then even like with the drunkenness, like just the hangovers and the spins, it just it did, as I got older, it just didn't become worth it. So I'd already started to even move away from those things um, just physically of my own decision. Then and then I was realizing that you know what I can't I make bad decisions and, and I really want to follow God and His love you know and I want I, I want a relationship with this invisible God I know that one day I'll get to see tangibly you know in heaven yeah. and so recommitted to Him and and then and I was still you know getting drunk from time to time etc. And then, but then as, as the more I got into it, I'd already had made the conclusion on my own that I just, it, it, some of this parting wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. Um, but then just like you said, started seeing that hey, God establishes good parameters because he cares about you and he wants to protect you and others. Then it just solidified that decision um, mm-hmm. to go ahead and live within those parameters. So this is a really good point for the listeners to understand that when it comes to this, because a lot of the spectrum issues are revolve around the, the do's and don'ts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's underlying all of that is that God does, and it is again. We're going to spend whole episodes on this later. Yeah. Um, but God's crazy about you, you know, and He wants to protect you and others. And so there are these parameters that are actually very healthy, you know, to to do that. So the other thing I want to say with this is, um, so so we have the we're using this this the drinking of alcohol, and we went through the spectrum of all, and we would see that that somewhere the scriptures between fifty and seventy eight, you know, or forty nine and eighty, whatever numbers you use, mm-hmm. um, as long as you're within those parameters, you're fine. There's but there's always a but <laughs> there's other issues involved. Yeah. So for example, how, how old are you right now? I am nineteen. Nineteen. So are you? So can you say well, scripture says that drinking itself is not a sin, therefore I can drink. No. And that brings up another one of those spectrum threads that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier because I still have to submit to authority. Mm-hmm. And so... And, and you have two authorities. Yeah. Um, Commonwealth of Virginia. Yep. And Liberty University. And actually, what's interesting well, actually, is... Actually, parents too. Right? Yeah, there's, there's yeah, also... Love you, Mom. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of different authorities that I personally am under. But let's say, just for the sake of discussion, that I'm 21, um, mm-hmm. just had my birthday... Woot woot, exciting times. Um, so now, according to the Commonwealth of Virginia and potentially my parents, I can drink. Mm-hmm. I'm still a student at Liberty University. Mm-hmm. And coming here, I signed something called the Liberty Way, which is their list of expectations for students. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is to not drink. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting to me. One of my pastoral leadership uh, professors, were we were talking about this in class the other day, and he was saying it doesn't matter what age you are if you're a liberty student it's not an issue of if you can drink or not if the bible says you can drink or not 
you signed something that said mm-hmm. li- that from Liberty University saying, I will not drink. Mm-hmm. You signed your name. So <laughs> here's the guideline. Giving your word, yeah. You can't drink. It doesn't matter if you're getting drunk, if you're, it just doesn't matter because you have submitted to the authority of the school and so you're not allowed to get drink. And so you're not allowed to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's just another thing that it's important to mention. And because we have the scriptural commandment that you must submit to those in authority over you. Mm -hmm. That is a commandment. So this is where you would have the submission to authority thread, spectrum thread, um, which we're not going to do, but we, we could do a whole spectrum on, on submitting to authorities, zero sure. to 100, all that. Um, and then, but that is intertwined with the drinking of alcohol thread mm-hmm. um, for you. And so you can't separate. You can't, you can't, this is, this is a key component to spectrum. You can't treat any spectrum thread in isolation. Yeah. Um, you must always, you know, tie them together. Okay, but there's also this issue, this issue, this issue. And so when we tie it together, here's what I'm allowed to do. Which even allows for the complexity even more (laughs) because you're not just at a point where you're saying, well, the issue of drinking is complicated because there's this range that you can be in. But it's also, well, you need to submit to authority and you need to like there's just a lot of different components that are all working together. That when you finally get to Mm -hmm. all of those together, it's taken you a bit of time and you are are able to make a pretty informed decision about whatever the issue is. Yeah. And so... um I wanted to be able to do a second example. We won't, we won't have time today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, there's so many different things you could do. You could do the issue of salvation. So who goes to heaven? You yeah. could do uh, speaking in tongues, the role of women in the church. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you could even do like kind of non-biblical things, just even politics in general. So you could do a spectrum on range of authority, a range of control that a government might have yeah. from um, what's the... Um, Totalitarian? Yeah, and what's the opposite? The uh, utter chaos, but yeah. there's a word for it. I have it in my notes somewhere. Do whatever you want. Um, Ism. Yeah, it's got it. A, I'll think of it later. <laughs> but anyways, there's a whole bunch of different issues um, that, that you could do, restaurants, you know, et cetera. I mean, the spectrum could come up. And, of course, on Facebook, you're going to see this issue all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different topics. You always want to make sure you're bringing in all relevant topics to a situation um, as you work through the spectrum of it all. Yeah. You're going to feel safer when you know, okay, here's the parameters. And so, you know, oh, you know what? Ooh, I've been outside the parameters. I need to move within them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, ooh, I don't agree with them, but dang it, they're within the parameters. So I have to lie. Again, yeah. Romans 14, Paul says, if you want to eat the meat, eat the meat. If you don't eat the meat, don't eat the meat. But for those of you who eat the meat, don't eat the meat in front of those who don't eat the meat. And for those of you who don't eat the meat, don't judge those who do eat the meat, right? Yeah. Um, and there, there's a give and take. There's some, like, some acceptance. There's, there's the T word tolerance mm-hmm. um, that needs to happen here. Uh, and, and that, that kind of patience, that grace that you've talked about, et cetera. Um, so one thing I'll, I'll tell people is, as you go through all these lists, there's this general idea here in, in the U.S. that if you're Christian, you're more conservative. And you're going to find spectrum is going to challenge you a bit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are conservative issues, biblically, that would move more towards 100, i.e., there's, there's tighter things. Like, for example, a lot of um, the sexual activity tends to be more toward the right as far as the parameters that God has allowed you know, uh, for us. Mm-hmm. But, like, love, love will be over at zero, um, are there, or you know, or in the, the first ten, it's very much to the left. There are very few, if any, restrictions on love because you're really supposed to love your enemy, love everybody around you, just love, 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 love. Yeah. So love would be a far left thing, where certain of the social mores would might be more to the right. A lot of stuff is going to be in that that moderate range, and also the width of the range. 
So for certain things, the width might be from like 17 to 82, where the Bible says anywhere in between. All I'm saying is don't deal in extremes. But anywhere between 17 and 82, you're good. Yeah. Where others it may say um, the answer here is 64. <laughs> you can't go to 63. You can't go to 65. It's just 64. So it's easier for us just to say everything is more narrow-ranged to the right. It's easier to manage that way. That's yeah. not going to be the case we find when we go through Scripture. It's, each topic is totally going to vary of whether it's to the left, in the middle, or to the right, and whether it's a broad range or a small range. But Spectrum allows us to begin to tackle all of these things. Sure. And so now what we're going to do is we're just going to transition into a time of question and answer. Okay, so the first question that we have is just something that we alluded to earlier but just wanted to solidify. How specific should each topic be? Uh, the more specific, the better. So like you gave the example earlier on spiritual gifts. You wouldn't want to do a spectrum on spiritual gifts. You wouldn't want to do a spectrum on charismatic gifts. You'd want to do a spectrum on tongues and then do a, a spectrum on prophecy. So the more narrow and the more core that you get down to, the better it is to, to be able to work through the spectrum range. And so then you can actually have an issue that you're working through mm -hmm. instead of just this giant. Keeping in mind that there'll be other spectrum threads that'll be like right along next to it. Yeah. And so along those lines, are there any topics that spectrum doesn't really address? Yeah, I guess so. I um, I feel like there's probably certain things that just given the nature of what you're discussing, Spectrum wouldn't really apply. Mm -hmm. But I know when it comes to arguing and division and things like that, almost always whatever the issue is could probably be put on a Spectrum. Especially if you actually have two people that are arguing something. Yeah. Because at least in some capacity, each of you think that you're right, right. hopefully. Um, so then there's something at yeah. least to discuss there. What about issues where there's not a clear boundary? Yeah. Um, they're there. Mm -hmm. There's going to be certain spectrum topics that when you begin to map it out, you're not going to find a clear scriptural parameter on, or, and we could have said this earlier, even the drunkenness, like we know that drunkenness is the clear parameter, mm -hmm. but what is drunkenness? At what point yeah. am I drunk? Is it at when my, my blood alcohol content is at 0 0.08, which is the current Virginia law? Is it at 0 0.1, which it was, say, 20 years ago? Um, the Bible doesn't say. Yeah. It, you know, some people say, well, if you're buzzed, you're drunk. And that's usually the given thing. Some might argue otherwise. The scriptures don't tell you at this blood alcohol content is when you're drunk. Mm -hmm. So this is where you, you do want to side with caution um, and don't assume too much and, and, pull, and pull back a bit. But so, so there's, a clear is, there's a clear parameter, drunkenness, that itself is still just fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be other topics that won't even have those parameters. And so when those, when those times come up, this is where um, patience, wisdom uh, are going to come play discernment. Also, your understanding of other spectrum threads. Hmm. So maybe this spectrum thread doesn't give a clear parameter, but you have another spectrum thread that you can hold to that clear parameter, and it still helps resolve that situation. Yeah. And so why isn't there clear <laughs> answers on a lot of these different things? It would be a lot easier if it was just, hey, do this. So this is where we go back to we can stretch some of the audience you know, when we're talking about this and because we like to have the clear, firm answers, it's just easier to measure and manage everything. Mm -hmm. And, and so some will try to establish clear parameters when the scriptures itself doesn't, it's just 
ridiculously critical to me that I try to stay as true to the scriptures as I can Mm -hmm. and not hold my own personal preferences. And so if the scriptures don't have a clear parameter, then I'm going to embrace that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is why? Well, that's probably, and I'm a, I'm a control freak. That would be a question that most of us control freaks have. Um, why doesn't it have those those clear parameters? I don't have the exact answer to that. My opinion, the one that makes the most sense to me, mm-hmm. is because you mentioned the phrase "unity in the midst of diversity." It seems to me that that is so critically important to God. Like, for example, um, unity in the midst of uniformity isn't really that impressive. Of course, you know, sure. where unity in the midst of the diversity is much more impressive because everybody's showing each other grace and love and patience and tolerance and respect and all those kind of things. And these are things that God values. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would lean towards the idea that God went ahead and allowed certain areas where there wasn't a clear parameter um, because he wanted you to have that freedom. Uh, to go to do, to do whatever you want to do on that issue, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put a parameter down. Or if I put the parameter down, but I don't set an exact crystal clear measurable line with that, I I may have it. God says for my vision, but you won't have it. That's where the, He wants to use discernment, and He wants you to use tolerance and patience and respect. And and so that's because of those things that He values that He allows some of that gray or that fuzziness to to come in. It it. it it doesn't make my controlling side happy, hmm. but my other side, I, I get it and it makes sense and I'm, com- I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, and something that I was thinking about is just with the whole unity despite not having uniformity mm-hmm. is just I like acapella music. Mm-hmm. And so I was just thinking like what would it sound like if a band were to decide, hey, we're all just going to sing the same thing, the same note, the same way. And we're just going to do it like that. No one would listen to that. Right. And so then you get bands that have a great bassist that just he can drop those low notes. And then you have the guy beatboxing in the background and just all these different things going on. And they're not doing the same thing. But they're all in one family, one group. And they all have a similar goal. What's and the really talented group? Same, The one that I really like is Pentatonix. Yeah, those guys are amazing. Um, and just Avi Kaplan, there's videos of him breaking bases with his voice, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's just really cool when you listen to them and you're just like, hey, like that could never be accomplished without the diversity that they have. Yeah. So you, so what you have is you have diversity is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have unity is beautiful. And you even have flexibility with discernment is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so it makes sense that God would have the text be authored in such a way that provides for us with the ability to live in unity in the midst of diversity with a temperate, discerning flexibility. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then also we like to answer the, ask this question uh, because of the lens that we've talked about. Um, what are some of the sweet and sours of this issue? Sure. So this... You know, the sours are good things, beneficial things that make you wince, and sweets are those good things, those beneficial things that make you smile, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the sours to applying the spectrum? What are some really good things that are going to occur that are going to make you wince? Uh, humility. You really, you, you can't be just as, as, as cocky or as confident with your way of doing things. So humility and flexibility are going to be required. These are really, really good things. It's just if you're a control freak, it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, another sour is the time and effort that the spectrum takes. 
because you have to really know your scripture so you can know the parameters. You have to really be able to t- kind of step away from your personal opinion in the moment to look at the big picture and what are all the different possibilities, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so that would be another key sour. Um, one of the key, two of the key sweets, one is freedom. So I, I, I found some joy in, in being controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to let go of that. But as God has taught me to be more patient and flexible and, and let go of some of those things, I found even more freedom. Um, and I found even more joy that I can relax a little bit more. Yeah. So I think you'll find more freedom and joy when you begin to live in a spectrum mindset. The other suite is I think things are going to get accomplished more. So, for example, if I'm at um, an 80 in some issue and you're at a 50 mm-hmm. in that same issue, it's very, very unlikely that I'm going to get you to come to 80 or you're going to get me to come to 50. But I might be able to persuade you to come up to 60 or you might be able to persuade me to come down to 72, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. So, and, and if that fits within the range, great. And so if, if, if let's say the reality of the spectrum is between, you know, 55 and 75 and you're at a 50 and I'm at an 80 mm-hmm. um, and we both see black and white, neither one of us are going to convince the other. We're going to stay at 15, 80. We're both going to stay outside the boundaries where mm-hmm. both of us see spectrum. You might be able to get me to come down to 74 and I can get you to come up to 58. And so we're able to to each take a couple small steps. And now we're both within the boundaries. Yeah. And I really, I really, really think spectrum can accomplish that. Yeah. So, yeah. So just to wrap everything up, then. Um, with the spectrum lens, the first thing you want to do is, all right, so what opinion or topic or issue am I, am I dealing with? And then what are the spectrum of possibilities? What are the extremes? What are all the different possibilities in between there? And then what are the scriptural parameters? How wide or how narrow is that parameter? Is it more to the left or in the middle or to the right? Mm-hmm. It's going to vary. Um, but I want to identify the scriptural parameter on that issue. And then I want to live within that issue, realizing within that parameter, realizing mm-hmm. why it's so good and beneficial to live within that and then those that also live within it at a different number fine we're both within the parameters those that live outside it if they're a believer encourage them and show them why it's good to be within those parameters if they're not a believer not not even deal with that issue up Mm -hmm. front just remind them that that jesus is king right and just go through all that and then eventually you can come back to that so you can go through um, all those steps and i really do think i think bottom line for me is that I believe if you begin to use the spectrum lens, you're actually going to be able to see things as they accurately are mm-hmm. in a much more clear way, right? Because of all the possibilities. Yeah. Um, and that's going to go a long way in your decision making. Uh, and then, of course, the actions you take based on those decisions. So in the end, as always, if you have any questions or objections, <laughs> uh, spectrum can, can cause a lot of uh, objections. Uh, feel free to, to email us at info at rekindlingministries.com, or you can go to the website and get more information at rekindlingministries.org. And so we're going to sign off with that. We love you guys, and we'll see you guys for the next episode. Sounds great.